and welcome to this very special episode of Screen Cleaning. I'm Jeff Simpson. And I'm Cole Wissinger. And this is a show that has been months in the making. We wanted to wait for the perfect time to do it, and we figure what better time than when people are stuck at home and have nothing else better to do than to watch sitcoms. Isn't that right, Cole? Which has been the case kind of since March. But yeah, we've kind of finally got around to doing another screen cleaning bracket challenge. Hooray! So it's Cole here, it's me here, and it's Mickey as well. She's joining us remotely because, well, first of all, hello, Mickey. Hello! Hello, remotely. (laughs) She may have been exposed to the coronavirus. Who did that? Don't look at me. What was that? You guys weren't laughing. That was my catchphrase for the day. I mean, we didn't have to laugh because apparently you'll have a laugh track today. Well, that's very fitting if we're talking about sitcoms. It's also very fitting that, you know, sitcoms have lots of catchphrases. So I am just going to try to come up with as many as I can here today. That's one of them. And, uh, you know, Cole, if you're looking to blame somebody for Mickey being at home, don't look at me. I'd like to point out, too, that we started the show, I realized as I was saying it, with a catchphrase from one of the shows that we're going to be talking about today. Does anybody know what this is from? Hello! Or, Jerry, hello! Or, there's... I don't. I don't know what that is. There's the talking belly button. Hello! La, la, la. It's okay, Mickey. You can consider yourself lucky. It's from Seinfeld. Come on, folks. Come on, folks. probably should know that. So, Cole, why don't you explain to the audience what we're doing here today? As we usually do with the bracket, we established a list of 16 or more or less things that we pit up against one another. And we put that out to our listeners to have you pick what your favorites were. So our wonderful producer, Mickey, tabulated the results. And today... Jeff and I will be arguing about which sitcoms we like more, and then Mickey will come in and tell us which actually won and move on. Uh, whoever's bracket was the closest to the people's choice will win a wonderful prize. We we will be in contact later. Hmm. And we're just going to have fun talking about TV shows. Okay. Well, Cole and I disagree so frequently on the show that we're already anticipating Mickey being the tiebreaker in this little panel that we have. Based on her previous knowledge of Seinfeld, (laughs) I'm excited for her to be on my side. Right. Okay. Well, Cole, oof. This is, I could could end this day in a not-so-good mood, depending on how far that show goes, but we'll get there when we get to that show. We will listen to the people also, but we also ordered these in order from newest to oldest, and so our first matchup on the bracket is... The Good Place versus Parks and Rec. Now, this is not fair, Cole, to take two of my favorite sitcoms and to pit them together right right off the bat. That doesn't seem very fair. These are two of your favorites? Oh, absolutely. All right. At least two of my modern favorites, okay. we'll say. So I think we should start by uh, talking about Parks and Rec, don't you? Okay, sure. That's the show that I have most recently during the course of this quarantine since March watched the entirety of, and I laughed a few times. 
Laughed a few times. My wow. official recommendation. So this is basically a different version of The Office with nicer people, and eh. it's not as mean spirited eh. as The Office. Jeff keeps saying that, but I have never agreed, and especially this past time watching through. It is no more good-natured than The Office was. Like, Leslie Nope is certainly better at her job, and she's more earnest about her job, but it's not like this is the happy sunshine version of The Office. Can I tell you how we started watching this show? So we would watch The Office, and Parks and Rec would come on right after. Because they were trying to suck off of that good Office audience that was already there. Well, let me finish my story, Cole, because we would we got to the point where we just didn't feel didn't feel good about ourselves after watching The Office. It just left a bad taste in our mouth because it was so mean-spirited. And we started noticing as we were kind of lingering after watching The Office that we were laughing more at Parks and Rec than we were at The Office. So we stopped watching The Office, then let it be known this is right around the time, uh, I think during season seven after Michael Scott left. When everyone else stopped watching The Office. Right. I didn't even finish the season with Robert California, who is a great character, by the way. James Spader is my favorite. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay, okay. And we just really fell in love with Parks and Rec, and so I went back to Netflix and I started the series over and I will admit it was a little bit of a hurdle to get past seasons one and two but even those seasons have their virtues and I just love Parks and Rec more than I love The Office. However, there's no denying that The Office has provided some of the biggest laughs in recent television sitcom history. I have my fingers crossed that we'll get to talk about this dichotomy in the next round when both of these shows move on. But Jeff, you probably need to defend The Good Place at least a little bit before I cast my vote for Parks and Rec. <laughs> I forgot. we were, these are not, This isn't up against The Office yet. <laughs> it will be, I'm sure. Well, The Good Place was such a marvelous surprise for me and... I will go out on a limb and say that seasons one and two, especially season one, have the greatest TV twist endings of any TV season I've ever seen. And certainly among sitcoms that don't normally rely on a big Shyamalan twist ending. The premise is great. With Parks and Rec, it's obviously like The Office, but instead of it being a paper company, it's a Parks and Rec office. And instead of it actually being a mockumentary, they just look at the camera sometimes because that's the formula that was successful. Sure. The Good Place, uh, we learn immediately that Kristen Bell, uh, her character dies and she's in what's called The Good Place. And she's getting a tour and being told about how good this place is, unlimited frozen yogurt, and she can live in the house of her dreams, and she's supposed to find her soulmate. And they talk about all the wonderful things she did during her life. Well, as you find out during the course of the first episode, they're talking about somebody else and not her character. Same name, but uh, she did not live that good, wholesome life that they think she did. And so she's got to try to fly under the radar and not be found out. And uh, there are just so many good twists and turn, turns in season one. I was a little disappointed in the way it ended, but uh, that is a show that certainly didn't outstay its welcome. Yeah, so that is a virtue. We can't dock Good Place for its ending, considering 
very few of these sitcoms actually stuck the land. So a sitcom isn't so much like a drama where they have a plan and they have to tell a story and they have to get through a plot. They just keep going until people stop watching and then it kind of fizzles out. Um, Parks and Rec's last season is also really not good. I can agree with that. But The Good Place is a show that knew that they had a story to tell and they didn't want to go beyond what they had planned for it. So my hat is off to them, but ultimately my vote goes to Parks and Recreation and it's so difficult for me to make that choice, but I have to go that way. Mine does as well and I feel like the people are on our side here. Mickey? And you're absolutely right. The people overwhelmingly picked Parks and Recreation. Okay. Well, one other thing I'll say about Parks and Recreation, which is why I ultimately went with it, is because Parks and Rec has established some pretty big careers and has done wonders for people like uh, Nick Offerman and Aubrey Plaza. And then, of course, there's this guy named Chris Pratt, who wasn't even supposed to be a main character, but people liked him so much that they kept him around. And it's interesting to see how his character morphs. He starts off as like this just jerk, jerk of a boyfriend who is just kind of a sleazeball. I mean, neglectful and stupid. But he's not a lovable loser like he's morphed into later on in the series. There's another character that goes through a similar transformation, and it is a character in our next matchup, which is The Office versus The Big Bang Theory Early season Michael Scott is not the funny, incompetent, lovable guy that he becomes later on because they were going off of a previous model. I'm As much as I fault Parks and Rec for just stealing The Office, The Office stole The Office from the UK. Of and so its first season is exactly going through what the UK had already done. And they tried to make Steve Carell Ricky Gervais. And it just didn't quite take with an American audience. But then around season three and four, especially in season five, when it found its groove, they knew what they had with Michael Scott and had one of the greatest television characters of all time. One of my favorite episodes, I believe, is from season three, where Dwight is gunning for Michael's job and he visits with Michael's supervisor to basically say as much. And Michael finds out about it, and when he confronts Dwight, he says that, oh, he wasn't actually away at lunch with Michael's superior. He was at the dentist. What's the name of your dentist? Crentist. Dr. Crentist is your dentist? Perhaps that's why he became a dentist. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime I have a dentist appointment, I put in my calendar, Dr. Crentist. (laughs) <laughs> because I also love that line. And I have seen The Office more than any of the other sitcoms on this list. We could we could go back and forth with Office quotes, which I think is its its hallmark. But let's mention the Big Bang Theory a couple times before we vote it off. It's here because... <laughs> you don't even want to hold the audience in suspense. I, well, you keep tipping your, your hand there, Cole. So to be fair, I do not know the results. Mickey holds them in a sealed envelope tabulated by some accounting firm somewhere, and, and she promises not to bring out the wrong envelope at the wrong time. But I can use my intuition, and the kinds of people that like our show are smart folks that would vote for The Office. Wow. The Big Bang Theory is here because we wanted to represent modern sitcoms with a a sort of a people's champion, right? The Good Place is a funny sitcom that we love, 
but that didn't quite get the attention and the popularity that maybe it deserved. The Big Bang Theory got more popularity and attention and the cast got paid a ton of money and it got the ratings. And so we wanted to throw one of those out there to see, does anyone actually like this show that apparently everyone is watching? Well, Cole, I agree with you. I I may have – here's the thing, Cole. You can't deny that some of the characters have appeal, like Sheldon by Jim Parsons is a clever, funny character, and he's got some great – He's got some great lines on there. I love that this is a show about nerds, and so they bring in some real-life nerds like Will Wheaton, and there's kind of this rivalry. So there are some good things to be had here. Blossom has uh, shows up on the show and becomes a, a, a regular player on the show. So I think that I understand the appeal of the Big Bang Theory, but me personally— I am going to have to cast my vote for The Office as well. And to that, I say, oh, darn. (laughs) Catchphrase number two. The worst thing about The Big Bang Theory is probably its laugh track as we bring that up again. So if you're keeping uh, score at home, the first one was, don't look at me. (laughs) And now we've got, oh, darn. I've heard I've heard worse Cole on sitcoms. Although that's true. S- Steve Urkel saying, "Did I do that?" is pretty fantastic. I think that's the all-timer. Day. That's the best oh, yeah. one. So, Mickey, what did the popular vote say? Well, as you may have suspected, The Office was the clear winner. But let me just say, The Big Bang Theory was the least popular of any show on our list really the least amount of points yes wow i think that could have more to say about the office's future success in this bracket than necessarily the big bang theory's Hmm. failures i'm thinking maybe this is a younger voting audience we can only hope Hmm. all right so what's up next cole next we have and so we are going back Backwards in time as we go. So we're in the mid-2000s. Now we're getting back into the 90s almost with Arrested Development and the 90s staple, Friends. Ooh, I think I know which way this is going to go. Although, I don't know. Oh, I hope it goes my way. Although, my wife would probably have a pickle of a time doing this one. And I think that's my next catchphrase. That's a pickle of a time. Ooh, I don't have crickets. I wish I had crickets on my board. Maybe I'll add them in post. We'll see. Okay. So Arrested Development is another one of these shows that I didn't discover, just like so many other people in this world, didn't discover until later on when it was on DVDs and people started thinking, why on earth wasn't I watching this when it was on TV? Because this is hilarious and it became such a popular show on the DVDs that they resurrected it on Netflix for an extra couple of seasons. And to that, I say, huge mistake. Would you rather watch season four of Arrested Development or Joey, the Friends spinoff? Season four of Arrested Development. 
that says a lot about Joey because yes. season four of Arrested Development is bad. But season five is much, 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 much worse to the point where there were two parts of season five. I only watched the first part. I don't even think I finished the first part and then I didn't catch those other episodes either. I mean, every single successful sitcom, it seems like, has some kind of trail off, whether it's the later seasons or spinoffs. And so we really can't detract from the real gold that is in the first three seasons, especially of Arrested Development here, for what it later became. Oh, and it... it it really ended so well. It wrapped up with a nice big bow on it at the end of season three. It really didn't need anything beyond that. I would just prefer to go back and watch those episodes over and over and over and over again. I talked about the Big Bang Theory making it onto our list in the first place because it was very popular. This matchup, I think, exemplifies that a little bit more because Arrested Development was too meta. It was too ahead of its time to have success, whereas Friends hit at the exact right time. Yep. For the exact right kind of view. It was so big. And so this is the matchup on our list that pits an underdog versus a Goliath where us uh, intellectual, like, snooty critic people are going to vote for Arrested Development. But I am curious to see if the people are on the side of Friends like they were definitely in the 90s. I, I want to say this about Friends. It has so many good stories behind the scenes. Um, not only do we have the infamous story about Lisa Kudrow losing the audition to on Saturday Night Live to Julia Sweeney. Do you know who Julia Sweeney is? Yes. Okay, that's good. The name. It's Pat. And uh, she went on to bigger and better things, let's just say. And then also, this show was monumental in that I don't think – I can't think of another show before this show – where all of the cast members, all six of them, banded together and they were able to come up with a deal that was unprecedented where they each got paid a million dollars an episode, equal pay, Cole. Mm -hmm. Huge. And there's no denying the popularity of this show. And It's also quite funny. I mean, I go back. I oh, watched yeah. it oh, yeah. once in a while when it was on, but I've seen it in passing sense and it still holds up just fine yeah and imagine the power of nbc back when they were airing seinfeld and friends on the same night that was huge literally must see tv is how yeah. they branded it mickey i want to know if you know a catchphrase from the show friends okay who's the guy that says how you doing that's joey tribbiani <laughs> joey, of course okay Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that one. You knew it. Good. That's the one I was oh, thinking yes. of. Yeah. Thank you for placing yeah. the emphasis where it belongs, Cole. All right, Cole. Uh, my wife might disagree, but she also agrees that Arrested Development is very funny. I'm going with Arrested Development. I also like Arrested Development more, but I'm not going to be surprised if Friends goes on because it's so easy to watch. It's so good. But vote with your heart, Cole. Arrested Development. Yes. Mickey? The popular, well, personally, I would pick Arrested Development as well. Okay. But the popular vote went with Friends. All no! Right. Not <laughs> surprising. Wow. Okay. No, not surprising. We've got one more pick in the top half of our bracket before we take a little bit of a break, a, a commercial interruption, if you will. And this is between The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and The Simpsons. Hmm. Which we, so again, to clarify, we're going by date that they started, not date that they ended, because The Simpsons won't end until 2057 and the world falls into the sun. But 
The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and The Simpsons both aired late 80s, early 90s. No denying the appeal of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I don't think it's been as iconic as The Simpsons has been. Forget about the fact that uh, it's my namesake, but... This is a show that I grew up Jeff Simpson watching. was named after The Simpsons. <laughs> yes, that's how it works. Uh, even though I was born before The Simpsons came out. Um, this is a show that I watched from the very beginning through about season 10. And those first 10 seasons are just... I, You know how you watch something funny, Cole, but you're watching it by yourself? You're not very likely, even if it's extremely funny, to laugh out loud. The Simpsons, even though I've seen these episodes dozens of times, I still will laugh out loud when I hear some of these bits on The Simpsons. I have to go with The Simpsons. It's no question for me. We're talking about the sitcom, and as we get into older sitcoms, we're going to see where the inspiration for The Simpsons really came. I think just from a concept perspective to start, The Simpsons has to take the lead from its longevity and iconography. It holds that lead. And from the highs of those first few seasons, how funny those episodes are, it continues to have the lead. This is, I think, the biggest travesty in the bracket. I want to speak with whoever put this bracket together. It was me. But who would put (laughs) these two shows against each other in the first round? Because I love The Fresh Prince and I fought for it to have a place on the bracket for so long in our you know, construction process, and then to see it have to go up against the juggernaut that is The Simpsons in the first round. Uh, it's a shame. I do vote for The Simpsons, but gosh, this week I got another HBO, this is my third, by the way, HBO Max free trial, so that I could watch more of The Fresh Prince. How to many prepare emails for this. do you have, Cole? Well, I mean, it's how many credit cards and debit cards do oh, I have lying right. around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also more than three. Okay. I love, love The Fresh Prince. So, um, Cole... You know what they say, the only person you have to blame is yourself. Do they say it or do you say it? I'm saying it to you right now. Now, Mickey, well, that one wasn't a catchphrase, but I appreciate the laughter, Cole. Trying. (laughs) Mickey, you got to tell us, what did the audience choose? I'm going to tell you, the audience chose The Simpsons. No surprise, right? Nope. I was about to have a heart attack. I thought for a minute you were going to say Fresh Prince. How did the Fresh Prince do in the vote? Uh, it's in the bottom, the bottom half. Definitely. Yeah, I, yeah, I think we're there catering were a lot of to ties, a though. slightly younger audience. I will say this. If you're missing Fresh Prince, you want to hop on HBO Max to catch up on episodes, you're certainly... Welcome to do that. You know, maybe you don't want to use five credit cards to do five trials. <laughs> but there will also be a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion. If you're pining to see some of these beloved TV characters come together and reunite on the set of and The Fresh And then a Prince. reboot after that. Simpsons is, of that's course, a, on that's Disney+. That's a drama. Plus. Fresh Prince is going to be a drama. Arrested Development is over on Netflix. Parks and Rec is on the Peacock office will soon be on the Peacock. Good places over on Hulu. You kind of have to have one of everything to be able to catch all of these sitcoms. So, Cole, let's recap which shows will be moving on in the bracket. Parks and Rec defeats The Good Place. It was The Office over The Big Bang Theory. Arrested Development fell, unfortunately, to Friends. And then The Simpsons triumphs over The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. 
Okay, well, I think we're going to be venturing into some older territory with these next few sitcoms that we talk about. But uh, I'm so excited to do it. And until we return, don't press that dial. It's Arrested Development. Welcome back to Screen Cleaning, not the bar at Cheers, starring the star of The Good Place, right? Ted Danson. Absolutely. He is a staple in American sitcom history. Starting with where everyone knows your name. That's right. Cheers. Four sitcoms have already progressed in the bracket, and now four more will progress. And uh, we'll start with eight, but the first two we want to talk about are... Seinfeld and Full House. (sighs) All right. You guys, it should be known that this is not even a matter of opinion. This is actually just an objective fact. Seinfeld is unfunny. Is the greatest sitcom ever in the history of sitcoms. Is that is that your bold opinion? We haven't actually asked what our favorite favorites are. And maybe favorite is a different question than what you view to be the greatest. Is Seinfeld really your favorite sitcom ever? I guarantee you if you look up various Oh, no, no, I don't care. I don't care what the people out there, the mysterious (laughs) internet writers say. Jeff Simpson. It's my favorite, and I think it's the best. Mm, It is one of the worst sitcoms I've ever watched. I have laughed maybe once in, like, several episodes of sitting through it, and it just has aged. But the problem with Seinfeld is it was probably funny when Jerry was first coming up with this routine, and it was new on television. But Seinfeld was so saturated into the pop culture and got made fun of and got riffed on so many times. Even that goofy little... Right, like, whoever it is comes through the door banging around. and Like, it just it isn't funny anymore. I didn't see it when it was first happening in the 90s, and so now I cannot laugh at it because it's it's just old. It's been done. And it was done by this first. Sure, I don't care. I, it's not. I don't like it. Cole, it must get so lonely up there on that cloud. You're the only person in the world that thinks Seinfeld is the worst ever. Uh, Jeff, allow me to introduce another person in this world, Mickey Randall. <laughs> is Seinfeld funny? Um, I haven't seen a whole lot of Seinfeld, so I, I can't attest to that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Or ask anyone else iconic. under the age of 30. Okay, I wasn't asking how many people have seen it. I'm saying of the people that have seen it. And by the way, how much have you seen, Cole? I've episodes here and there. I've seen the Uh Soup Nazi one. I've seen the ones that are supposed to be the funniest. Okay. I guarantee you, you are by far in the minority in this room and in the world. But what did our voting audience say, Mickey? They said Seinfeld. Woo! See, and you were complaining that it's the young people pulling the vote in the earlier ones. Young people would have voted for Full House. This was cute and kids whenever we were, when when the young people were kids. 
And this is the one that they enjoyed more rather than like the New York sophisticates that would watch Seinfeld. What was Michelle's uh, catchphrase on the show? You got it, dude. You got it, dude. I don't know how I forgot that. I send out that gif like almost on a daily basis. <laughs> the next matchup, another whoever wins this, I will also vote for them against Seinfeld. But it is the Golden Girls versus Cheers. Wow. You like both of these more than Seinfeld. I like both of these shows a lot. I watched a lot of Golden Girls growing up because my aunt, this is, I think this might be her favorite sitcom of all time. And I love that even back in the 80s, we're still nowadays talking about trying to get more like women on the screen and, and stories where they can talk about the stuff that the guys talk about. And these are not just four women, but four older women that are having just like normal conversation that you would expect just a group of dudes to have. But they're having it, and it is so funny. Cole, you bring up a really good point. It's certainly not the first time that women have shined in sitcoms, and we're going to get to another one of those sitcoms here in Mm -hmm. just a minute. But, yeah, the whole cast stars women, but not just women, older women, the type of women that today really struggle to find good parts. And so the fact that they were able to go as long as they did uh, not only is remarkable in and of itself, but it's also a testament to just how funny and popular the show was. It was genuinely funny. And and they did the classic sitcom thing where everyone has their their place, their role in the family, right? Dorothy is so sarcastic, and, and I get so much of my humor from watching this show growing up. And then there's Blanche, who's the floozy, and there's Rose, who's oblivious. And they're just so... They're, they work so perfectly together. It is such a tight little cast. Uh, but we did come back into the segment with the music from Cheers. This is the one that had, you know, maybe the better spinoff. And this one had a, a little bit more staying power in the culture. And and Cheers is where everyone knows your name. It's also very funny. But I think the solidity of those four main characters in Golden Girls is why I like that show a little bit more. Betty White, still alive and kicking, 98 years old. Yeah, we can air this show now at any time because she will always be alive. Yes. So, Cheers, this is a show that I hadn't really watched before we did an episode earlier on our run of screen cleaning, and you can look that up. It's in an episode called Do Old Television or Do Old TV Sitcoms Hold Up? Or Does Old Television Hold Up? And uh, just Google screen cleaning and you can find it there. Yeah, it'll be somewhere. Yeah. Uh, cheers. This did wonders for several of these actors and they're still alive and well and doing wonderful things. Cheers for two different cast members proved that you could lose two main cast members and still carry on without them. This is a funny show with a great ensemble cast that, uh, I looking back on it now is still funny I do feel like I have to give the edge to Cheers and cast my vote for Cheers. If Frasier had made it onto this bracket, would you have voted for it? No. Hmm. No. Interesting. Mickey, what do people say? People liked the Golden Girls, actually. Yeah. Whoa. Wait, I'm confused, Cole. Did you vote for the Golden Girls? I did. Okay. Yeah. Well, good for you. That's exciting. Was this the close? This was probably the closest in my mind. Was the vote pretty pretty tight? Yeah, it was. This is probably the closest matchup we had. That makes sense. All right, Cole. What's next? We've got Mash versus the Brady Bunch. 
Okay. You went on a soliloquy about how you believe that Seinfeld is the greatest sitcom of all time, and I have my favorite, which is Community, that did not make the cut, and I have another show that I really love, like Scrubs, that also didn't make the cut, but we wouldn't have had Scrubs if it wasn't for the true greatest sitcom of all time, and that is M.A.S.H. I will admit, it it has been throughout the years a very popular short show, more so when it was out on TV. I will say that uh, it didn't have a ton of stiff competition, so I it's not surprising that everybody would be watching MASH. It's I can understand the appeal. It's a fun, wacky show set in a, in a unique setting in a you know Vietnam medical well, ward. So it happened. the The show started airing when Vietnam was actually happening. It's about a mash unit in Korea. Yeah. So it's it's commenting on one war that's happening by throwing satire at another conflict. What's interesting, and this is certainly a point in its favor, is that it made the transition from movie to TV quite well. Other TV shows or movies that try to make that cross back and forth do not do it as seamlessly as MASH I feel like did. you're disparaging Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius and its transition from movie to Not on the bracket. Show. Not on the bracket. <laughs> um, I, I didn't really – obviously didn't grow up watching either of these shows, Cole. I can understand why people would like The Brady Bunch for its wholesome values. I don't want to say the values are cheesy, but the show certainly was – with some great catchphrases phrases like Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. But the Brady Bunch certainly understood that it was cheesy whenever they sure. went to make those movies that made fun of itself. Yeah. Like you talk about the transition from MASH to from movie to TV. I the do, transition of Brady Bunch from TV to movie, I think, is better. I do like the Brady Bunch movies, but I do have to vote for MASH on this one. I am certainly voting for MASH. And Mickey, what did the people say? The people said, mash. Yeah. All right. Good Good job, people. And our last two? The last two, as we get to the oldest sitcoms on the bracket, it is Gilligan's Island versus I Love Lucy. Oh, getting back to that that idea that you shared earlier, Cole, that uh, women starring in sitcoms and how successfully uh, Lucille Ball did that. And it that was another great ensemble, but she's clearly the star of the show. Ricky Ricardo is the straight man to her goofball Lucille character, or Lucy character, if you will. Plenty of great catchphrases in that show, and man, was her role on that show monumental for women, but comedy in general. You can forget the whole gender question. She's just funny. This is probably the first sitcom. Like, this is the one that made all of these other shows possible. Oh, yeah. I do have to give kudos to Gilligan's Island. I Sometimes I take a look at a premise of a show, and I think there's no way that that show would last past one season. I certainly had that opinion when I discovered and fell in love with The Last Man on Earth starring Will Forte. And that show struggled along for four seasons. I could not believe it. Every time I thought they'd run out of ideas, they'd come up with some genius, clever idea. And Gilligan's Island got a lot of uh, got a, mi- a lot of mileage out of their very basic premise, which is very well introduced in the theme song itself. 
I think, unfortunately, now, I did watch a lot of Gilligan's Island growing up, but when I watch it as an adult and with my modern media palette, the writing doesn't hold up as well for me, whereas I Love Lucy just relies on such solid comedy staples. They have physical comedy, they have relationship comedy, and that's the stuff that has lasted and we're still trying to make funny today, whereas Gilligan's Island, really awesome premise, great at the start, but... It's it's not as funny now. I'm definitely voting for I Love Lucy. I am as well, Cole. I am as well. But what did the people say, Mickey? The people said, I Love Lucy obliterated Gilligan's Oof. Island. Oh, Oof. poor Gilligan's Island. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeff mentioned the theme song. We're going to take a short intermission now. Listen to a little bit of that theme song and come back with the second round of this bracket here on screen. Skipper brave and sure Five passengers set sail that day For a three-hour tour A three-hour tour If this was a bracket of the greatest TV theme songs as opposed to the greatest TV sitcoms, I think Gilligan's Island would have stood a little bit more of a puncher's chance. Jeff, what's your favorite sitcom theme song? A lot of the ones we've talked about already have been iconic, but what's what's your personal favorite? Probably that's on oh, two of them are on this list for sure. Parks and Recreation and Arrested Development. You're a more fan of like the instrumental than the iconic like Absolutely. Parks and Recreation has one of the happiest theme songs that I can think of, and it just immediately puts you in a good mood. Is it is it because you know the show is coming after it, though, or is it just the song? I think it's a happy, peppy song, and I like it. All right. All right. All right. We are into round two of our TV sitcom bracket, and... We've already really talked about why we love a lot of the shows that have moved on, and so let's get to it. The first matchup is one that we're waiting for and that I've anticipated, and the debate won't stop when we're done here. It's Parks and Rec versus The Office, and my vote goes to The Office, and discuss. My vote goes to Parks and Rec. It goes back to what I said earlier Although I feel like it had a few good seasons, it got to the point where not only was it mean-spirited, but the characters morphed in a way that was not that interesting or funny to me. I, what made The Office so funny at the beginning was that these background players were so good at being background players that you thought that, oh, that could be somebody that they just pulled out of a real office and put them in this this TV mockumentary setting. They became more of uh, they became more caricatures of themselves. Oscar, Meredith, Stanley, those that's the all reason. Across, all across the board. I liked them better when they were minor characters. I will admit that happens on Parks and Rec also, and we already established that really happened with uh, Chris Pratt's character, Andy Dwyer. But I feel like those characters are truer to who they started out being originally. And for that reason, and for all the other reasons we've discussed, I'm still voting for Parks and Rec. And I vote for The Office. Mickey, give me some good news people, here. The people pick The Office. Oh, so quotable. Uh, you talk about a couple good seasons. Season four and five of The Office are maybe the two greatest seasons of television in the history of American 
things on moving picture boxes. All like, right. So, so good. I'll watch Parks and Rec again and feel better about myself while I'm doing it. Friends <laughs> versus The Simpsons, Jeffrey. You talk about a couple good seasons of The Office. The Simpsons has like 10 out of 30 of their seasons are really good. The Simpsons, in addition to the merchandising, they've got the movie, they've got the shorts, now they've got Disney. There is a lot of power behind The Simpsons, and it's a show that just can't die because they make so much money on the merchandising. I will admit that. Not as many people watch it today, but I just... It holds a special place in my heart for for reasons of nostalgia and for reasons we've already discussed. I think it is a genuinely funny, smart comedy that if it's not my favorite sitcom, gosh, I, I, I struggle between Seinfeld and The Simpsons. It's probably The Simpsons, and here it's definitely The Simpsons for me. The Simpsons, unfortunately, inspired a whole new round of... I mean, you talk about The Office being mean-spirited. It has nothing on kind of The Simpsons spinoffs that we ended up getting into adult animation with Family Guy and South Park. Far inferior. Far inferior. All all not as good as The Simpsons originally because The Simpsons started off as a, as a satire of the family sitcom without being too mean about it, right? And then as Family Guy became more popular than The Simpsons, The Simpsons started to do Family Guy kind of thing. Things. But The Simpsons still has heart, maybe not as hard as it as it used to. Right. So, but especially when you look at the early round of The Simpsons, the the town of Springfield that they built, which I think only Parks and Rec has come close to developing such a large stable of characters that can they can bring back over and over again. The Simpsons has so much going for it, and I will vote for it again over Friends. Again, Friends is fine. I can turn it on in the background. I love laughing along to it. <laughs> I haven't voted for it yet, but I do like it. It's yeah. okay. But Mickey, what did the audience have to say? The people really, really like Friends. Oh, see, this is the Netflix generation right here. And you can't watch The Simpsons on Netflix, although you can watch it now on Disney+. Plus. And it probably has something to do with the fact that The Simpsons kind of peaked around maybe season seven or eight. And so which it has was a, like 1996, which, has to a, be fair, is yeah. also around when Friends was good, too. OK, well, it's not a strong argument. That's Jeff. disappointing. But what is the next matchup, Cole? We've got Seinfeld versus the Golden Girls. Oh, Seinfeld, hands down. You talk about catchphrases, you talk about memorable characters and performances. This is a show that really established its recurring characters. Brian Brian Cranston was a recurring character on the show. Wayne Knight was a recurring character on the show. And there are others who made their mark on the TV sitcom world on Seinfeld that went on to have amazing careers and arguably bigger careers than several of the stars of this very impactful sitcom. I'm going with Seinfeld. This might be my last chance to talk about The Golden Girls, so let me just recommend it to everyone. It is on Hulu, and it is still hilarious. And I'll put in a quick plug for Seinfeld, which is currently on Hulu, but in 2021 it will be on Netflix. Mickey, what's the winner? Seinfeld. Not a surprise. And you you no, could sound a, a little more disappointed about it, Mickey. No, I've never <laughs> seen either of those really, so that okay. was all. That was in your mind. All right. Okay, Cole. 
finally, the oldest sitcoms left around, you have MASH versus I Love Lucy. Ooh, this is a tough one, Cole. I think ultimately, though, I have to go with a show that people still talk about today that there are still conventions for and that just ha- holds a really special place in so many people's hearts, and that's I Love Lucy. If it wasn't for the movie Rat Race, I would not have known that there were these <laughs> I Love Lucy conventions. MASH invented the dramedy. The fact that we can have heavy storylines within the course of laughing during 22 minutes is because MASH opened that door for us. It it was about a very serious topic, but featuring Hawkeye, one of the greatest television characters of all time. I Love Lucy is the first, and it is still really, really funny, but MASH is the greatest. Okay, we'll see if the audience agrees. Mickey? The audience loves Lucy, actually. Wow. They I Love Lucy. Okay. Audiences in 1983 loved MASH. It was the highest rated television finale of all time. A hundred million people watch it, and no one has even come close in scripted television since then. So now we are on to the semifinals, which we will get through before we take a short break to announce the winner all time. So first, you have in the modern half of the bracket, The Office versus Friends. Mm. Two of the most, I think, popular choices. These are the ones where it's easy to turn on in the background. It's easy to just run through every single season on Netflix you you blame the Netflix generation for Friends now taking down two of your favorites, Jeff, but the Netflix generation might be helping The Office finally take down that juggernaut. I'm, of course, voting for The Office because I can quote it more than any other sitcom. It's the one I've seen the most, and it is the funniest. Okay, well, whew, The Office versus Friends. Um, You know... If you had asked me at the first half of the run of The Office, I may have said The Office. But it it really left a bitter taste in my mouth. I've seen every episode of The Office up through seasons seven and a half. I have not seen every episode of Friends, but again, I think it's a show that you cannot deny the impact that it has had, not only on other shows, but in these actors' careers, and again, speaking of recurring characters and the the mark that they've left on that show, I'm going to have to go with Friends on this one. I'm going to surprise myself and say Friends. Mickey. The Office was the winner. That's not surprising. There it's, we go. It's more recent, and I feel like that's why it has the edge. But as friends falter, we're going to go to another group of friends that were in New York City in the 90s and talk about Seinfeld versus I Love Lucy. Ooh, okay. And this, I'm going to show my age here, but clearly I have seen every episode of Seinfeld. I've not seen... I'm going to show my age and say I've seen every episode <laughs> of I Love Lucy. That's great. <laughs> Uh, I have not seen every episode of Lucy, not anywhere near it. But if I'm honest with myself, if I had to sit down and choose, am I going to sit down and watch reruns of Seinfeld or I Love Lucy? I'm going to go with Seinfeld each and every time. So my vote is for Seinfeld. Soup Nazi versus a conveyor belt churning out stuff and Lucy just throwing (laughs) it all around. That's funny. Lucy is the champion every day of the week. I'm hoping that the people stay with it. People... 
pick Seinfeld. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> That's exciting, Cole, because I feel like we're gonna we're gonna have a very interesting matchup here. And uh I think these are I think it's fitting that these two shows are the ones that are left in the final bracket because they are uber, uber popular, and there's no denying that. And when we return, we will decide once and for all which sitcom is the greatest of all time, the GOAT of sitcoms. That's up next here on Screen Cleaning. Cole, I do think that we should also mention one of the greatest TV romances between Jim and Pam. I'm just trying to subtly, subliminally put in your mind, this is the better show, this is the better show, this and is it's, the better show. you know, another great theme song, very catchy, the one that people automatically just, you know, start going, nah, 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 nah. And we know immediately what it is. John Krasinski and Rain Wilson actually went out to Scranton, Pennsylvania with a camcorder to film, to to kind of get an idea of the town before they started actually filming. And some of the scenes that they shot while they were there made it into the opening credits to The Office that you see when when you pass by, by the Scranton sign. That was just John Krasinski with a camcorder uh, documenting him checking out the town. That's cool, Cole. I'm still not voting for it, but I think that's cool. I certainly am. Seinfeld is, oh, <laughs> uh, I maybe okay. So if I've learned one thing during the course of this hour-long program, it's that I probably need to go back and watch a couple more episodes of Seinfeld, maybe with someone that also loves Seinfeld, because when I'm just alone in my room, I do not laugh at that show. So one, I want to say a couple things in Seinfeld's favor. A lot of these are based on Larry David's experiences. And, you know, it's no secret by this time everybody knows that George— Curb curb your enthusiasm. That's a funny show. George George Costanza is basically Larry David. But some of these characters that you see on the show are based on actual people, like the soup Nazi that you mentioned. And Cosmo Kramer is based on a roommate that Larry David had— who gave Larry David some interesting advice one time when Larry David was enjoying his, well, he wasn't enjoying it, but he had a short stint on Saturday Night Live as a writer, and he was so frustrated because none of his stuff was airing. And so he stormed out of the office one day and just quit on the spot. And he immediately regretted it. And when he went and he told his roommate about it, uh, this roommate suggested, why don't you just go back in the next day and pretend like it never happened. And that's something that you see happen on Seinfeld. So I love these parallels between Larry David's real life and the storylines on Seinfeld. Hilarious storylines because they're based on actual events. So A show where nothing happens. It really is just a little slice of life into New York at a specific time. Whereas Scranton, Pennsylvania was like the answer to after every after all of must see TV was Isn't on that Thursday a slice night of light, in light New show? York, it moved out to where everyone else was, right? We were sick of seeing friends in coffee shops with large apartments, and we started seeing just the rest of people, and that's where we get the office and Parks and Rec and My Name is Earl and just like those more rural kind of small town slice of life pieces where you actually look into it with the mockumentary format. 
And I'm glad that you did mention a couple of those shows because before we reveal the winner, I just want to talk about a couple of shows that were not on this list but are certainly favorites of mine. My Name is Earl is actually a a show with a great premise that could have lasted an infinite amount of time because the premise is you have this guy with a list who is trying to right the wrongs that he's done throughout his life. Mm -hmm. And that's the theme of each and every episode. And that's kind of the name of the episode is like, Stole from a blind lady, you know, stuff like that. And then another show I would mention is a show I've already mentioned on the show, The Last Men on Earth. Great premise that shouldn't have lasted as long as it did. And I don't know if this would be considered a sitcom, but it's one from my childhood that I think is genuinely funny still. And it's The Adventures of Pete and Pete on Nickelodeon. Any honorable mentions for you, Cole? If we're expanding to Nickelodeon, SpongeBob is a situational <laughs> comedy and is certainly hilarious. But I, I did mention Scrubs and Community are probably my two favorites of all time. Unfortunately, the Emmys view a sitcom to only be a half-hour format, but Pushing Daisies is funny. Uh, it's just in an hour long, and they do a little bit more with it. That's another of my favorites. Kind and, of a dramedy, too, and a, and a fantasy dramedy. I prefer getting a little bit more with my sitcom, which is why I lean to Scrubs and MASH and, and the so on. And one that we've kind of heard the most pushback after we sent out the bracket is a modern favorite. Brooklyn Nine-Nine didn't quite make the list, and anything that Andy Samberg is doing, I think is hilarious. Okay, Mickey. This is the moment of truth. This will either help me feel validated or make me question the, the, the belief system that I've developed about the American sitcom. And the winner of the screen cleaning goat sitcom bracket is... Is... The Office. Oh, no. And the people cheer... And laugh along with me again without I, a laugh track. I think I think the uh, the recent one was going to win because people don't realize just how funny Seinfeld is. And I guarantee you, if you were to look up the greatest sitcoms of all time, on not one of those lists would The Office be at the very top. Only on screen cleaning would that happen. I'm going to go in the top couple answers. I'm sure a Google list will dispute that. We've talked about a couple people's champions, but there's a few other sitcoms that are just too ahead of their time or too dense for the folks. Uh, And we want to give one of those a little bit of credit here on Panning for Good. There's good in them dire hills. Mickey, you actually brought this one to us, so we want to give you an opportunity to uh, talk about the show, but also to talk about why this is in Panning for Good today. For sure. So this is fun because it gives me a chance to talk about my favorite sitcom of all time, 30 Rock. (laughs) I love it. It's so funny. But there's also this channel on YouTube. It's called Binging with Babish. And he's a chef. What he does is he takes things either that he's observed from movies or that he's heard spoken about in movies, and he makes the food. Um, And this week, he took a clip from 30 Rock, um, where Liz Lemon, the main character played by Tina Fey, is talking about how unkind New York City has been to her (laughs) and how the one thing she always wanted them to do was to make her her own sandwich and in the clip she discusses what would be on that sandwich she mentions turkey pastrami coleslaw russian dressing 
and potato chips that actually, on the sandwich. That sounds really That's good. A great sandwich. Right. Well, you should watch this guy making it because uh, they never make it in the show. Liz Lemon never really saw her dream fulfilled. But when this guy makes it on YouTube, he says it's the best sandwich he's ever had. And he makes a lot of sandwiches. So that makes me happy on behalf of Liz Lemon. Okay. I That is definitely panning for good because... I really want to go home and try that sandwich now. Me too. <laughs> I'm right there. I think there's there there is an appeal to putting chips on your sandwich too because you want that crunch. You just don't want it to come from tomatoes or onions. That's my personal opinion. In anyway, coleslaw and fries is a classic Pittsburgh thing to put on your sandwich. Uh, Permani Brothers does that. Uh, so coleslaw and chips, next best thing. Well, we have so enjoyed doing this bracket here today. Even though I wasn't completely pleased with the results. I, at least in my heart, can say that Seinfeld is is number two, according to the people. There were some ups and downs along the way, but the people got the final one right, and that's all I can really (laughs) ask for. We want to thank Mickey once again for her help with this episode. Mickey, thank you so much. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. It was a great time. As always, if you want to look up our past episodes, just Google Screen Cleaning Podcast, and we have over 100 episodes for you to choose from. And they all focus on shining a big old spotlight on all that is good in entertainment. That's really the focus here on Screen Cleaning. We've needed something to focus on over the past eight months or so, and sometimes TV is just that kind of escape. Keep benching the shows that you want to binge. That's the lesson of this. Ain't it the truth? Until next time, I'm Jeff Simpson. And I'm Cole Wissinger. We'll see ya. We'll see ya.